you're back. I'm back. And, and, and no offense, but more importantly, Kevin's back hosting. <laughs> Thank you, God. Thank you, Kevin. Oh, well, man. oh, I forgot to send you the picture, but that's red amber. Who even knew that red amber existed? I walk into this amber shop with the host, the person that hosted me in Portland, in Poland. We, I mean, I worked that week. There was uh, a thing on Saturday. There was a meeting on Sunday. There was lectures at three universities on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. There was something on, oh no, there was a class on Monday. Then there were lectures at universities that didn't attract as many people as he hoped. And then I flew to Italy on Friday and then had Saturday off and then taught a five-day core. And then do we have a day off before the advanced? I'm not entirely sure if we had a day off before the advanced and then we did the instructor training. But the nice thing about the courses in Italy. I think we had one day. Oh, yeah, we had one day. The nice thing about the courses in Italy is that we take a two hour lunch. We finish at seven instead of six, but we go to lunch from 1230 to three, one, one to three and they're somewhere. And that includes swimming. So when you look at the group picture from Borgo, there's, I'm in this black cover-up that covers up my bathing suit, but back to Poland. So he, we're in Krakow. Now Warsaw was leveled in World War II. There was, it was rubble. So all the buildings in Warsaw were built in the 50s. So they look like that. But Krakow is, has got the largest public square in Europe. And there are six Catholic churches within a block, either on the square or within a block, and they're Byzantine. They were built in the 14, 1500s. Wow. And he said, you have worked so hard this week. I want to give you a present. And Poland is the center of amber in the world. It's got the biggest amber mines in the world. And it's like, but I don't wear yellow. I don't wear brown. And it's like, Amber is like, not my thing. And he, so we walked through this one, um, like craft area. There's a bunch of different stalls and it's like, no, no, no. And so he took me into some place, uh, uh, like a real jewelry store that was called the world of Amber. And it's like, yeah, yellow, brown, brown red there's red there's red there there's red amber and he said just he took me into the store so he knew what he's getting into and he said just pick what you want and i walked to the red red amber and went oh that and because they had the these little these pendants there we go they had these pendants organized. I wore my red sweater so I could wear the red thing so I could do show and tell. And um, they had them in order by size. And this one was the big one, you know, in the middle. And it's like that one. And he went, okay. (laughs) And then I looked it up and found out it is the most rare and the most expensive, but the properties, the spiritual energetic properties are like mystical. 
what they do. So that was pretty cool. And what a great souvenir from your very important, very successful trip. It, it was it was awesome. They were introducing the Mag Healy, which is um, going to come out in the U.S. I think it's it's a device for it's that. Um, there we go. It's there's a device. I can't help myself. It's a device for over-the-counter use that our practitioners can prescribe. And it's the magnetic field that it creates is about, I want to say eight times what we get with the converter. There are no leads. It's just this little round disc looks like a little, looks like a little spaceship. And um, there's 25 programs that I gulp said were safe for people to use, you know, like low back pain and like that. And so that will be released in the US, I think in June. No, wait, we're already in July. Yeah. So maybe I don't did I mention that I got back on Sunday and my brain usually arrives about four days later? So my brain is still probably someplace over Philadelphia. It's, it, it, it'll arrive. It'll get here. And that's why I drive the bus and you just like give us your little sprinkles where, where you can. Oh my God. Wait, what was the patient I told you about yesterday? Well, we talked for almost two hours yesterday, which was really funny because I never talk on the phone and I knew that we had to debrief because, um, otherwise this podcast wouldn't be fun for anybody except for you and I, exactly. I think we talked about two patients yesterday. And I just, I just got off the phone with David Hickey, who's one of our most prolific user FSM practitioners. And I've never actually talked to David Hickey. I just see how many custom cares he buys and uses. And I thought he was a cardiologist. And it turns out that he does nuclear medicine, did in his medical practice, he did nuclear medicine, spec scans, PET scans, nuclear medicine. And then his fiance who turned into his wife went to see bill ray so he lives in dallas and bill ray if you look him up started out life as a thoracic surgeon he had 212 published papers as a thoracic surgeon before he started doing detox detoxification treating toxic patients in the Dallas area he was using a hotel he bought a motel to house them in and made it non-toxic his clinic the second floor of the clinic. So I got to go there, the, you know, the rat research I talk about where we dissolve the adhesions in the rat's abdomen at Baylor, Baylor University. So can't remember the guy, the PhD's name, but at Baylor, then I got to go see Bill Ray because Chelsea England worked for Bill Ray. And we, he, the second floor of his clinic where he worked and the patient rooms were, you, you can't have paint on the walls because patients are sensitive to the volatiles. Some patients are sensitive to the VOCs that come off of paint. So he figured out a way to put enamel 
bake enamel on metal panels and the walls and ceiling were baked enamel on metal panels. So there was no VOCs, no carpet, obviously. So tile on the floor, I think. And it was his office where we did, Chelsea and I did a whole day working on abdominal adhesions and pelvic pain patients. After I did the rot research, then the guy said, okay, I have these eight pelvic pain patients. You should work on them. So we did. They all were already on a gluten-free diet. They'd already figured that out. And we worked on eight, seven patients in eight hours. They all came in at a seven. They all left at a one. Wow. And it's like, okay, that was, so I just, that's what's got me jazzed. And that's why I can't remember the really nifty patient that we talked about. It's okay. It'll come to you. It will. So, hi, there's only 14 people. Usually we have more. What's up with that? Oh, the reminder got turned off. What? The reminder got turned off. I think that has something to do with it. The reminder got turned off. Yes. And when I was flying solo, I was putting out all these email blasts because I had some pretty fun people that I got to bring on. You did. Ben Foley and Dave Burke. Rob DiMartino. Oh, you got Rob DiMartino too? Yes. Oh, and, so and and Peter Twist. Peter so, Twist. You know, I selfishly brought those brilliant brains on because I felt like they all gave us something to think about, right? So Peter Twist doesn't use FSM, but he is this brilliant, kind, amazing human being who's doing all this new um He's writing all these new courses and his latest one is the art of fascial training. And now we talk about fascia a lot as this network, as this webby matrix, right? We talk, we have John Sharkey talking about biotensegrity and I don't know, like when I learned kinesiology, it was all levers, right? Muscles contract, levers are joints, muscles shorten, that's it, but that's not it at all. It's not at all. So for the people that that were listening, there is a moment and I took a screenshot of it and I posted on social media where Peter twist is talking about how fast a neural connection, a normal muscular neural connection travels at a little faster than 175 miles per hour. Fascial connections travel at over 700 miles per hour. And when you think about that and you couple that with movement or scarring and what we do with FSM, the hair on my arms was standing up. So there was that whole day where literally I was picking my brains off of the ceiling after I talked to him because that changes everything. And, and then we brought on Ben Catholi and I was asking him about some of his favorite frequencies that he's doing. And he's like, I don't know. I just, I just love 49 and 142. And I said, yes. And somebody had written on our Facebook page. I don't know why, but 49 and 142 is just so yummy. And I'm like, it is yummy. And then you think about if you're increasing the vitality to this biotensegrity matrix, whether you're trying to like get it to be more pliable or you're trying to get the recruitment to get strength. I think I'm going to proclaim that our biggest, newest game changer, it might be 49142, because I am trying it right now clinically in different scenarios. But the, the thing about the 1070 people, bless yep. their hearts, bless. Is, is they, they don't have, they, they think it's the fascia. They think it's the muscle because that's what they can feel and treat. And it never is. 
it, it, they can't treat the nerve. Fascia is enervated. Yes. So what, until you do for 81 and 10, 40 and 10, 13 and 396. We have to, we have to, we have to translate. Remember we have people that don't necessarily know. Yeah. Until you can reduce spinal cord sensitization until you can reduce loss of descending inhibition by increasing descending inhibition until you can increase well until you can reduce inflammation in the nerve get rid of scarring between the nerve and the fascia fascia is enervated yes until you can treat the neuropathic component i i would go to the mat with twist or catholy or anybody until you treat the neuropathic component you can increase vitality in the fascia all you want and if there's a neurologic impairment to the fascia you got you got zip 100 I, I completely agree with you where, where I am slicing this component in is once we have addressed the pathologies there and you once you have cleared the way for yeah. optimal movement to happen using 49 with fascia as a tool to help reestablish proper neural patterning is where right. I am finding the space for it because you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter what your what vitality you're trying to increase in any tissue if you haven't removed the pathology the reason why you got to this situation in the first place nothing is going to work longer than 30 seconds and and then to i would love to watch peter twist and john charkey i would love to duct take them to the chair <laughs> and make them watch what happens when we run eight increased secretions in the cerebellum and increased secretions in the sensory motor cortex. Yes. Because the fascia can be as vital as it wants, but unless the nervous system knows where it is with increased secretions in the sensory and motor cortex and knows how to move it and coordinate it by increasing secretions in the cerebellum. It's not going to do you any good. Right. It's just like, oh, okay. And I think everybody would agree with you with that. I don't think we have to duct tape anybody or go to the mat with anybody. No, no, no. I think that would be. I've I've been there with Sharky. He doesn't doesn't get it. He hosts FSM. He was the first foreign country, well, except for Australia, to host FSM courses. So he did that because of Leon Cheto. He did that because I worked on him. But he is so committed to fascia and the tensegrity model, and they don't have a way to treat the nervous system so they don't get it and it's just like i love them to pieces because of their passion they're as passionate about fascia as we are about fsm yep but so there okay i we have these organic segues all the time (laughs) i love so i i want to i wanted to talk about some basic things as a little bit of a refresher for, for some people, because we talk about, I don't know, do you watch us back? Do you listen to our podcast? Do you watch our YouTube channel? Like we talk about who has time. No, I know, but (laughs) so bad, but I was watching us back a couple episodes ago and we talk about very complicated things as if it were nothing. It's, it's, So Dave Hickey was talking about, Dr. Hickey was talking about 
um, the about central sensitization and um, post-herpetic neuralgia. And he said, there's such a component of central sensitization and post-herpetic neuralgia. And it's like, yeah, the, it's like phantom limb pain for a particular nerve. The virus in shingles destroys the nerve root. So like gobbles, damages it to the point where it's denervated. So 15, 18 years ago, when I didn't know that, there was PHN, it's 50-50. But the ability to treat 40 and 89, quiet down thalamic sensitization, neck to feet, and then treat from the spinal cord to the end of the nerve root with 40 and 89, quiet the thalamic. It's like treating phantom limb pain. And for us, it's so easy that you just, well, duh, right? And then you can treat the nerve and regrow the nerve, maybe. But you could, you have to do the central component or the pain won't go away. Right. And it's, and there, so we talk about these complicated, incurable things that are e e easy. They're just e easy. And so I went all off on wanting imaging, like doing, um, because he was a, a nuclear medicine radiologist. It's like, could we do functional MRI? Would that show, would that show the phantom limping? Would that show changes in the brain when we're treating phantom limping? He said, yeah, sure. Oh, okay. There's an imaging center here that has functional MRI and they do 50% pain. Uh, discount for payment, cash payment at the time of service. So all I need to do is advertise for eight or 10 phantom limb pain patients. I'll treat them for free, pay for the imaging, and we have a paper. Or somebody who's listening could do that, maybe. Just saying. It's cool. Okay, so... <laughs> I, don't right. that, I don't know if that really like answered answered the question <laughs> but one of the one of the questions I see surfacing and I get at least once when I teach a sports course is when the frequencies are done doing what they're supposed to do are they done forever not always and that's what I say well that depends it depends where in the onion are you? And they look at me like, what? I'm like, well, where in the onion are you? If you're on the outside layer of the onion, then probably not. You probably are going to have to peel through a few more layers, going through a few more pathologies. The patient will resurrect their history that they forgot to tell you the major thing that caused all this thing. You're going to have to go back. So yeah, it, it depends. So you, you work on a shoulder. And so you get the, subs the subscapular nerve unglued from the subscapularis muscle. And then, then the next step is the long thoracic nerve gets to get peeled away from the lat and the serratus. This is what we did on, in Italy. That was the case I was telling you about yesterday was the osteopath who had his mind completely blown because, I mean, you're osteopathically trained. So you know how committed they are to joints and levers and muscles. Yeah. 
So we took apart his shoulder, his subscap, the disc in his neck, and then the lat and long thoracic and serratus. And now he could lift his arm like this. And it's like, wow. And then, oh yeah, I forgot, right? So then we treated, they treated the disc and the adhesions, the frequency to remove adhesions in the vagus nerve and adhesions in the dura. So scarring in the vagus, scarring in the dura, scarring in the nerves. What it did to his cervical range of motion was, there was brains all over the wall. It was <laughs> great because osteopaths, of course, are committed to, it's the joints that don't move. Right. And then, then there was his hip that didn't move. Well, duh, you bring his knee up and it stops at 90 degrees. And he said, yes, it's my SI joint. And it's like, um, no, it's your dura. So we did scarring in the dura and got his knee, left knee to his chest. His right knee went to his chest, but then his SI joint hurt. And I went, did you have an injury? Well, yeah, I did this and he described it. And then we just put 124 and 100 and 120 torn and broken in the ligaments and torn and broken was it, it was the upper joint torn and broken in capsule torn and broken in the ligaments and the connective tissue and they treated it as SI joint for I don't know 45 minutes and then his knee went to his chest without pain and then they I mean, and then they found out, oh, yeah, and my psoas is always tight. Um, ever have an injury to your back, like on the kidneys? And it was like, oh, yeah, there was that time where I got. And so, oh, I remember. Remember the girl in the swimming pool. Okay. And so then they worked on his psoas and funny thing, it was scarring in the ureter. It had nothing to do with his psoas. So, and it wasn't that we didn't have anybody else to treat. It's just that every time they treated him and there were three, there was a um, naturopath from Germany and um, naturopath or MD from Italy. And then Eduardo, the osteopath was from Italy. So the three of them just got off treating him because he was so much fun. And then now that I remember, I'll tell you about the girl in the pool. Yeah, so, but just wait for a second. I Go. So let no just just to talk about the onion because whenever we talk about shoulder when we do the shoulder practicum that is very much an onion people want to jam and manipulate and force and especially when you're osteopathically trained and you only know that it's the muscle and the joint and you only have one way of treating it you can't get mad at them because there was only that one way. So you and I were talking, um, I'm going to circle in two different ways right now. You and I were talking yesterday about patience that's needed. Not the patients that walk into your clinic that pay your bills, but the patience that is needed in your heart and in your soul, because your brain is going to fight you. Your The logic and the science in your brain is going to say, it has to be the muscle. It has to be the joint. I have to force this into position. So it's a whole new concept. It's a whole new way of thinking about 
everything. And that takes time to get. It, it's like the, the most experienced practitioners are the ones that have the most trouble. Yes. You have to unlearn in a two-day practicum, you have to unlearn 15 years of muscle memory, how to do what you do. And then this old lady comes up and says, no, wait, just wait. Oh, it melted. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, her, oh, it, then I, oh, oh. And in two, five, five days is, by the way, next year, we're going back to five-day course instead of weekend practicums. But they're every other month because I can't do that to Kevin or me. I just can't do that anymore. So we're going to do them every other month. And there's going to be one in Hawaii and one in Australia. Yay. And But in a, in a five-day, you have... I don't do the demos anymore. I start them out with the supine shoulder, but I'm thinking about starting them out with the supine cervical because that's the one where you learn, just wait, 40 and 94, quiet the medulla, which is where the accessory nerve starts. That only does one thing. And you watch their face. It's like just, oh, it's how it really. And then you do. Then, then once the trap is out of the way, then oh, the skate fourteen ten. It what? And I don't have to no scrubby circles. Okay, fine. Exactly, patience. And that's funny because the supine cervical used to be towards the end because that was kind of the scary one to do, yeah, right? Scared me. Yeah. To teach. You know, for sure. And you, 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 cause you still have the tight hands, but you're right. Like, why not start there? Because that's where you feel the smush right off the bat. And it teaches the concept of why would you just jam a vertebrae? Why would, why is that trap tight? And just float that question. Why would a trap be tight? Traps don't get tight because of outer space. Is that what you normally say? Right. Mm -hmm. What nerve innervates the trap? And that really, I, I think sets the tone of it's not memorizing a set of frequencies. It's not a recipe. It's not a pre-programmed device that's going to run and you just do your treatment and forget about it. Like it forces you to pay attention. It, it allows you to pay attention and it forces you. It's just, it, it, I, I, and in Italy, I learned that I'm going to have to rewrite the advanced. So that's the other thing that's happening because I have put so much of what used to be in the advanced in the core. If we start doing five day cores again, we're it's we're well, I think you should put some of our neural repatterning that we teach in the sports and the advanced because it's not just a sports concept it's an everyday close the case put them back together concept if you have neurology in your body you can benefit from so we do it we would do it after the neurosection or as part of the neurosection yeah as this i i think we talked about this before physical medicine integrations yes no it's physical medicine and rehab is the name of your course it's no oh. longer a sports course it's okay. PM and R. Yes. And, and we can subtitle it sports, but it's no, it, 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 it is. It's PM and R. Yes. It's, and I get just as much, um, I always say my hair gets blown back just as much 
working with my senior citizens in chronic pain doing this than I do with the million dollar athletes. So I said, if you have a nervous system, I think, um, I think you can benefit from it. So I want to kind of go back to the onion and the, the basic stuff because, um, we're, I think it was talking with David Burke about, we're talking about applications, you know, using stickies versus wet wraps versus whatever. And, you know, very commonly is like the, the best application is the one the patient can tolerate and use. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so I think we get so caught up in, do we use the stickies? Do we use the wraps? Do we use a magnetic converter? Well, slow down. Um, what do you as a practitioner like using and what can the patient tolerate? Well, and, and what are you treating? You can use sticky pads for abdominal stuff. That's easy. But you, you have, in order to treat the spinal cord, you have to wrap the exiting nerve roots. And they don't make six-inch sticky pads. So, yes. okay. But wet towels, yuck, wraps, stay warm, they Velcro, and it's, it, that's, so the application, and then the magnetic converter, I never, I never use it in the office. I tell people about it when I'm sending them home with a custom care, and they just paid $2,500 for a custom care, and I tell them, what you really need to use this at home with is another $2,000 magnetic converter. And then I explain, it's like, you, 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 you can treat yourself at night without wet, without sticky, without wires. You just put these two hockey pucks on whatever with going through the salt lake airport running to catch my flight carrying my two laptops in this really cool black leather italian case that i bought for the laptops because i couldn't put that's a long story and so i've got my suitcase i've got the two computers and i've got my cpap hanging over my shoulder and i tore I mean I could tell from where the pain was and what motions provoked it at a partial thickness tear in the um Terry's minor the external rotator that one because I was doing all this in the right mm-hmm. and um so when I got home that night I didn't treat concussion in Vegas and I didn't treat insulin and leptin. I wrote a program that was torn and broken in the connective tissue because those are all flat tendons uh, for three hours. And in two nights, it's fine. And then remember when this shoulder was busted and I heard it playing volleyball and I couldn't abduct it anymore. Well, so I treated that one and now it's better. It's not finished, but it's you, you, and I did it with a converter because I don't see my PT until next week. Right. Yeah. And And you're too far away. I am too far away, but I'm going to come. I think we need to do a sports course at the new clinic. We have to like have some fun there. Well, that's the other thing. The, the months that we don't do, um, the months that we don't do five day course traveling, we'll do weekend hands-on practicums or PM and R courses in the video room at the clinic. That's just like, that's a no brainer. It's like, and at this point people will come to us and that's, hey, I know when we're gonna do the Portland core, January. 
when. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking said, about when are we going to do the Portland Court? Because I promised every other month. Well, we've got Phoenix in February. Mm -hmm. That means we have March off. Yep. We're going, where are we going in April? So Philadelphia, West Coast, yeah, East exactly. Coast. Yeah, yeah. But we have to, we have to videotape the core. And because every year it's new. And so we'll do that in Portland instead of flying data Eaks to Phoenix. Right. So and the advance this year is going to be amazing. I got, I got, are you guys, are you sitting down? I am sitting down. Seatbelt is fastened. I got Roger Bellica to come back. Yes. And is he doing neurotransmitter workshop? I'll have to talk to him about that. Come on. It's like he hasn't done it in a while. I know. We need it again. We do. It's that would be that's a great idea. Okay. Okay. That's and his brother from another mother, Neil Nathan. Stop. I got Neil Nathan. Yes. And, and he, he's our mold expert. So he will be. Oh, he's, he's mold. He's MCIS. The challenge that we have with Neil is he thinks MCIS you fix with supplements and six months. Okay. He doesn't, he, he argued with me about the connection between the vagus nerve and MCAS mass cell activation syndrome. Yeah. But what, well, duh. It, if the vagus nerve, are you ready? Yes. You're ready. Okay. The vagus nerve controls the immune system. Yes. T cells and macrophages. Yes. And mast cells are related to macrophages and T cells. How? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that, that part is I'm going to let Neil go first. And then I, I, ha I have to do it. We, then we will follow up with 60 minutes on the Vegas. And I will throw in how to treat MCAS. So he is, he is mold. He is mast cell activation. He is the cell danger response. Those are his hot buttons. I, one of the things I do for speakers that is unique in my experience, I don't give them a topic. What do you want me to talk about? What's turning you, what's blowing your hair back this year? What do you want to talk about? Really? Yep. You do it. I'm, I'm going to have to figure out where to put the neurotransmitter workshop because it has to go the day before the advanced because we're not doing the sports, the rehab. We're not doing the rehab course between the core and the advanced. No, it's too much. We, we could do the neurotransmitter course if I can get Bellica to come If we move the advanced two days ahead and I put Bilica on the last day, then do the neurotransmitter workshop on Friday and then on, yeah, Friday and then do the symposium Saturday, Sunday. Getting Bilica out of his office. Is the hard part. We'll figure this stuff out. But funny segue. I put this book up um, a couple weeks ago. This is an amazing book. It reads like a novel and a textbook. Um, it was reckon recommended to me by a PT that I know here in town. It's called Mass Cell United, A Holistic Approach to Mass Cell Activation Syndrome by Amber Walker. Um, she is a PT that got mass cell activation and her, uh, her story is unbelievable. And it, like I said, it reads like a novel and it reads like a, um, 
a textbook all in one. So you can go and look up leukotriene inhibitors, TNF, antigens, um, mold, toxic sources, and irritable bowel syndrome, you name it, it's in here. And it's her story on how she was traipsing through the medical community with her diagnosis. So um, I know in the last year, I've been seeing at least a 200% increase in patients with mast cell activation, whether it's from the virus or from the um, vaccines or a combination of both, or who knows what. Um, so somebody who didn't take a whole lot of mast cell activation syndrome in college if you need to bone up on this stuff, this book, like I said, reads like a novel and gives you so much useful information. Well, nobody ever heard of mast cell activation syndrome 10 years ago. Right. It just was not a thing. Yeah. And now if you look at the things that turn off the vagus nerve, you, you just talked about them. Mold, yeah. vaccines, yeah. viruses. Yeah. Infection, stress, and trauma. Right. And it's like, what would happen to MCAS? Have you, have you, what happens when you treat them for histamine and you turn on their vagus nerve? It no longer is a six month process. Right. One month, two months. Right. I mean, you know, obviously it's complicated. It's probably the biggest onion that you're going to treat, but, um, this book, like, like it's subtitle, uh, a holistic approach. There's so many things that help. You can help teach your patients how to support that stable state. That is, that is so important. So practitioners that are listening, um, you can get it on Amazon. I get no, I have no stake in this book. I'm not connected to this book at all. No financial gains um, promoting it. I just think it's it's a phenomenal resource to have because we all need to, it. But you have to read it. I would think with we could what would happen to everything she went through and all that chemistry with. FSM in the loop. I just am doing the slides for a webinar that I'm doing for IFM on, oh, Monday. Okay. And when, when you, when you look at the functional medicine approach to dealing with everything, MCAS, all of it, the theme is what would happen to everything you do in functional medicine if you could. And then I looked up cytokines, where they come from. And then we have data. We don't have much data, but we have data on cytokines and how cytokines and then we have Lox and Cox inflammation. What would happen if you could reduce Lox and Cox by 62% and 30%? What would happen in four minutes? What would happen if you could repair the small bowel or at least give it a rest for 60 minutes and then get a patient to take home a custom care and treat themselves every night? I had SIBO. I had, I had all that. And it's like, it's not that hard. It's just, the chemistry is terrifying. The interactions are terrifying. But when you put FSM in the, in the mix, you take all that chemistry and make it less terrifying because there's this tool that can change it. You know, I, you say so many profound things, but once in a while you say something that's like, it's like a, it's like an arrow just pierces my brain and my heart all at the same time. And I think it was the last podcast that we did right before you left. And I can't remember what we were talking about, but I think you'd even referenced, maybe this came from Kevin is that we just have to take it like bite by bite, right? Like just take a bite and I think that concept is just so applicable because of these super complex 
pathologies that walk in and it can be so overwhelming, especially as we're transitioning from levers and force the joint to have patients get all the information, treat what we can treat it because we can, and just take it bite by bite. It's not a race, right? But I think so many patients come in to see, find us because they have seen everybody, right? And there's a little bit of pressure on us because of how they found us. Heaven's word is not bite by bite. It's do the next thing. Okay. That's his phrase is do the next thing. Yes. How do, how have we done this? To right. go from where this started in 1997 to where we are now, how, how do we do that? Do the next thing. Right. All you need is one person. And then, then that person does somebody else. And then that's, it's, you do the next thing. And, and for me, the, the thing that's made a huge difference was the concept partly inspired by Ben Catholi using seven machines on a two-year-old. Which by the way, he says he does not do anymore. He's more of like a one or two machine guy and he stays on frequencies longer. So he's even changing things. Oh. Go on, go on. We, Cause we talked about that. Yeah. Cause I, there, when you do it all at once, it is disorienting to the patient. Yeah. So, but treating anything, anything musculoskeletal that involves pain, when you look at the neurology of it, you have to treat 40 and 10. Yeah. Because you have spinal sensitization. Yeah. In some patients, you have, to, you have to treat 40 and 89 because they're centrally sensitized. Yeah. Unless they're athletes, at which point you just leave 89 alone. They're suppressing their pain. Right. That, that part's fine. Yeah. And then you have to treat the nerve. And then you, you and you can do it all at one time. So yes. mass cell walks in the door. And you go, or <laughs> I thought this was the start of a joke. So a mass cell walks into the door. <laughs> it's like a mass cell walks into the bar and right. So SIBO yeah. no. walks in yeah. or mass cell walks in, SIBO walks in, Crohn's walks in, mass cell walks in. And it's like, it's, it's easy. You do concussion in Vegas from neck to pubic bone, you treat the small intestine, and sometimes you have to take apart scar tissue in the abdomen, find out where it started. And then as you're treating, speaking of patients, something doesn't work. 40 should, and it doesn't. And you go, hmm, tell me where this started. Oh, you were in Thailand? Really? That sounds like a great vacation. Did you get, um, you know, like travelers diarrhea stuff? And they go, oh, yeah. But I got over it. Did anybody treat the parasite? No, I don't think I took any medicine. Oh, okay. So then... You take that tender spot in their cecum and you run the four frequencies we have for parasites. And all of a sudden the tender spot goes smush. And then those of you that do testing order stool testing to find the parasite. And then you send them to somebody who can prescribe the and that, I mean, it's, it's layers. Yeah. It's the onion. It's the famous onion. And now I know why I said bite by bite, because after Kevin's, you, you take it, whatever you said, how do you eat an elephant? Bite by bite. See, my brain just scrambled the two things together. So but how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Right. 
because there it is. And then when you get rid of, so I've got a patient coming that's got interstitial cystitis. Biggest, well, I see so far, knock on wood. So it's like, it's just not that hard. The hardest part is getting an IC patient used to being not in pain. Right. It's 40 and 89. They're yes. centrally sensitized, cord is sensitized. The nerve nerves are sensitized. It's I've moved interstitial cystitis from the visceral section to the RSD section. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So it's it's doing and when you can do it all at once, that's where the multiple machines come in. Right. Because you treat the IC patient, they're out of pain and they go home and do something to make it come back. And I never understood that. And it's because they're not used to not being in pain. Right. So they do something to provoke it unconsciously. Sure. Air quotes. Yeah. But if you treat the brain the first time, it lasts longer for sure it does yeah yeah and that's that's a concept i think that goes for anything that you're treating i had a triathlete come in this week who had some knee problems june is the month of knee problems by the way everybody's like training like crazy for the summertime races and he only had pain weight bearing um, with a little bit of shear. So his knee didn't bother him, but if you're a triathlete, you're always weight bearing and there's always a bit of a shear force on the knee. So I tore apart his knee, built him a new one within like 20 minutes. And I was about to get him standing. I have, um, these balance pads that I work with that helps with proprioception integration. And before he even moved, he's like, Oh, I don't, I don't think I should get up just yet. It still hurts. I said, still hurts. I go, you never had pain non-weight bearing. And he looked at me and he's like, what, what was up with that? Why did I just say that? And I said, because you are afraid of that pain coming back. So for me, I was like, all right, before you even sit up off the table, we need to run some 4089 because it was just, he didn't even know why he said it. He's like, that's weird. And I'm like, not weird. I just built you a brand new knee in 22 minutes. So your brain's going to need a little help understanding this. That is he, so perfect. And he, he looked at me and he's like, yeah, my buddy was saying that you might say weird things like that to me. He's like, but I don't care. Just do what you need to do. <laughs> and they're athletes, right? So the buy-in is different. They just want to get better, but it is 1489, especially, I mean, only, I guess, in chronic conditions is so necessary because whether we want to hold on to the pain and the triathlete definitely is not emotionally attached to pain. He really doesn't want the pain to be there. Um, well, it's not like the thalamus gives you any choice. No. It's or the hippocampus is like, yeah, no. Yeah. And so that's when you say, shh, go night, night. Yeah. Time out now. I'm going to deal with this. And that, there's so many things that I love about what we do, but the expression on their faces when they're trying to find the resistance or they're trying to find the pain and it's not there. And then they push it and then they take a step back. I'm like, I know it's all right. I'll just, I'll let you have a moment here. <laughs> you know? And Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you're ready, we'll continue. Um, so, I mean, 1489, I understand why you rewrite the, core every time that you teach it, because that, that is, that is the catalyst of are the neural reprogramming component, that whole reboot, the whole wipe and load, that is what has to go first before anything else can, can work. But by the way, um, I probably should tell you that you're going to be doing a 90 minute portion in the advanced on, um, physical medicine and rehab. That's I should mention that just so you <laughs> figure out. Now I, now I know what Kevin goes through when you're like, we're going to have to do the slides. And he's like, okay, he doesn't even bat an eye. So whatever. Okay. Put me right all the time. It's like, whatever, but it, we're almost out of time. And I yeah. have to tell you the story Okay. because it, 
what it means is you can change somebody's life given what you learn in the core you can change somebody's life without ever touching them yes so i was in the swimming pool at borgo and this girl had these really cool sunglasses on they had like orange and yellow reflective surfaces and black you know earpieces it was like they were great and she said thank you that's I, those are awesome and she said yep i i have my other glasses my other glasses at home and i said whatever the glasses oh no i said my I, I can't, the, my sunglasses, the one I have on are prism glasses. And she said, oh, I have prisms. You do. Yeah, but my, op, I left them at home. And I said, how, why did you do that? Well, my ophthalmologist says that if I wear them too much, the muscles in my eyes will get lazy and it'll make it worse. And I went, really? How old are you? I mean, how long have you had this problem? About five years. Really? She's 45. And I said, so what happened six years ago? Well, nothing. No, no, something happened about a year before you needed these special glasses. Well, I fell off my bike, landed on my head, and I don't actually, I said, so how did the accident happen? She said, well, I don't actually remember it. So she had a concussion with retrograde amnesia and landed on her head. And then I asked her, well, how do you do with reading, do you have to read the same sentence three times? Yeah. How'd you know? Oh, it's, I do this thing. And then how do you do in Costco? Oh, I love Costco, but my stomach always bothers me and my eyes are really tired when I go in, but I love to shop there. So I just make it happen. Okay. How about airplanes? Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I feel like crap after I've been on a plane for about two days. Uh-huh. So I explained her vestibular injury to her. Is it worse on rainy days? Oh, yeah. How's your balance at night in the dark? Oh, no, I, I need a light on. It's like, okay. So no offense to your ophthalmologist. He's not an idiot. I have to restrain myself. He just doesn't know this area of medicine. Yeah. And, oh, and the ophthalmologist, sorry, the ophthalmologist said that we could do surgery on the eye muscles there, thank you. Surgery on the eye muscles to make them make your eyes stop bouncing. Awesome. And so I said, okay, okay. So we had the whole conversation. FCOVD, meclizine, um, uh, horizons, and prism glasses, not less, but more and get ones that are readers as well as distance at night because night drives her crazy. So I never touched her, but the material we do in the core changed a life, saved a life. Can you imagine if somebody who doesn't know anything, an ophthalmologist, who doesn't know anything about vestibular injuries. And I explained to her about Bob Grimm and John Epley and blah, blah, blah. 
an ophthalmologist who doesn't know anything about the relationship between the inner ear, brain injuries, the cerebellum, and her neck. How? 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 It happens. And that's why we have the material that we do to help the people that we can. In a swimming pool. In a swimming pool on vacation. So my closing quote for today, because there's a quote every time we have a podcast now, is if the plan doesn't work, change the plan, but never the goal. Isn't that great? Oh, do that again. If the plan doesn't work, change the plan, but never the goal. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You always have a way. I like that. All right. Alf says, thank you for another valuable webinar. Yay, Alf. Every Wednesday, we're back. So we'll see everybody back next week. Keep the questions coming. We're going to address more of them. We're always kind of tabling certain things because we always kind of run out of time. But I'm glad you're back. I'm glad I'm back too. And thank you for doing such a wonderful job. And the internet speed in Italy was so slow. I couldn't, like Kevin sent the links and I haven't gotten through the emails to them yet, but I- It's fine, we have time. I really need what you mean, we white men, but that's an old joke. But yeah, I can hardly wait. You did a great job. Thank you. It's what's really fun for me after 25 years of doing this is knowing that people like you and Ben and Dave, I'm not required for this to be valuable and wonderful that, that you are in independent it's like it just oh we all have this messed up codependent relationship don't kid you (laughs) but we are we are carrying the torch as best as we can well and it's it's family there's always there's always more that we learn from each other yes by sharing so vitality in the fascia yes and I'm it's is it time we have to go already yes we really do I have a patient so at 507 at night you have a patient it's summertime in California (laughs) oh we work till nine (laughs) oh okay that sounds good I will see you next week yes okay bye rest up okay bye please leave an honest review wherever you subscribe to this podcast The Frequency-Specific Microcurrent Podcast has been produced by Frequency-Specific Seminars for entertainment, educational, and information purposes only. The information and opinion provided in the podcast are not medical advice, do not create any type of doctor-patient relationship, and unless expressly stated, do not reflect the opinions of its affiliates, subsidiaries, or sponsors, or the hosts, or any of the podcast guests or affiliated professional organizations. No person should act or refrain from acting on the basis of the content provided in any podcast without first seeking appropriate medical advice and counseling. No information provided in any podcast should be used as a substitute for personalized medical advice and counseling. FSS expressly disclaims any and all liability relating to any actions taken or not taken based on or any contents of this podcast.